with one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. So Orioles Fan Fest has come and gone and no major news. But what did we learn that we didn't know before FanFest? I got a Manny Machado garden gnome, but what am I going to do with it when he gets traded? You guys made fun of me last week for saying nobody cares about the Super Bowl. But what happened this weekend, the Pro Bowl, truly no one cares about the Pro Bowl, right? I'm Josh Soroka. I'm Bert Rohde. And I'm Matt Sirocco. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Section 336. The number one sports broadcast gets you fixed. What's the news? Let's talk about Buck. Our favorite Orioles. What's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases. This is a trip. Stay tuned in at 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans, fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. We're excited this week to be joined by our friend Paul Valley. Paul, welcome to Section 336. Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excited to get this thing going. From yeah. UtahStreetReport.com. I was going to get there, Josh. I was just helping in you there. out. Who's this guy, Paul? What's he from? We got <laughs> Burt Rohde, Paul Valley, Burt Rohde the third, yep. Paul Valley the third. Paul, is there, is there a fourth? Uh, not yet. God willing, one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a fourth on Burt's side, and from the way the ladies look and talk to Albie. Oh. <laughs> Uh, a number six isn't far behind either. 
<laughs> yeah, he's a pretty popular guy around FanFest, let me tell you. Yeah. All right, we'll get the well, well let's jump into in, into FanFest. Uh us three went. Paul Paul did not go, but he's gone to all the ones before that I never went to, so This is we'll, the first we'll one talk. you missed in a while? First one I missed since uh, my first one was 2013, if, unless you count the ones when I was a little kid. But uh, <laughs> I had to go, I had to work a double this uh, this weekend, so I wasn't able to go. But kept track on Twitter and saw everything that went down, heard everything. So I'm up to date. Okay, yeah, and we'll and we'll break it all down. I want to start with this though. Uh, Eleven thousand people. You know, there's the the four best players. I, w- I you could argue that our four best players on the team are Zach Britton, Chris Davis. Uh, Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope. They might be the four highest paid guys this year. I don't know if that's true. They might be. Um, and none of them, the four of our top guys, certainly two, our two top guys in Scope and um, and and, Ma- and Manny were not there. With that said, 11,000 people still came out. Even with no news of signing a starting pitcher, we still had uh, 11,000 Oriole fans came out to support this team. I think it says it got me excited. It got the fan base excited. It shows you, I think, where the fan base is at. Uh, that we have a team, that we have a fan base. I mean, this is an Orioles town. We have a fan base who supports their team, even when all the news is bad. I was just impressed by how many Orioles fans came out, excited about Fans Fest, talking all O's, dressing in their O's gear, being pumped up, being excited, despite. What a miserable offseason it's been. I, I, I was excited to see all, all, all that, right? I mean, this is a baseball right. town, and they, we prove it time and time again. Sure. It's fun to get out there, and, and uh, I'm not hearing myself. You get that fog cleared up? What's that coming from? Your mic. Me? Yeah. Jo- Josh just turned down your mic on purpose to uh, either to because he didn't want to hear your opinion or because. That's weird. I didn't touch it. Check if something's wrong. All right. Well then, I just won't talk. Yeah, you want to take a pause, pause for a moment? Yeah, let's pause. That? Let's pause. Fix this. Yeah, because I'm not going to sit with this. This is yeah. And if Bert, Bert's annoyed, I'm annoyed now. Let's fix it. Oh, that. I'm annoyed. Live from the inner harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have a stormfront coming in. That's good. Yeah, this is good to keep in mind when we want to do live reporting. That's a good, great call. <laughs> okay, uh, where were we? All right. Um. I was talking about the positive signs of FanFest that 11,000 peeps showed up. Right. Is, that, is so, that a good number? I I think it's considering the offseason we've had. I think last year it was over 12,000. I feel right. like it's always been over 12,000 the last five years. Yeah. Well, yeah. everything was down this year. The amount of people there, the the square footage, the amount of players there. I mean, everything was a, was a the, scale back. The ratings year. for the Grammys. Yeah, it's all it all went down. Well, I don't think the Orioles went the political route. Yeah. They could have, they could have like like the Grammys gone politics. That would have been that would have been a very interesting fan fest. Maybe that's where Manny was. You know, that would have been a lot of fun if the Orioles suddenly went p- political from the from the stage with Buck and Duke and Dan. Yeah, that, yeah, that's more Adam Jones route to do right. to jump on that. Right, uh, boys, I got some takeaways of fan fest. I want you guys to react to. For me, after going to this, here's uh, after observing and, and a shout out. Also, can we thank the Orioles? Um, they, they didn't need to let three yahoos. They didn't need to give three yahoos some you press mean, passes. You mean four? Four yahoos, three and a half yahoos, <laughs> some press passes. Yeah. Uh, but very cool, the Orioles to give us a, pre- a, a press pass. We got to go in to. We got to get in there early. We got to go into the press room and see how it's 
how the professionals do it. Mm-hmm. And it was just cool to sit back and kind of watch. Now, I remember telling you guys, hey, we got to be all professional. We can't go in Oriole gear. We got to act polo. like we're actual press. Yeah. So Matt picks me up. We go down. We're both in polos. We meet polo up in with, a sports jacket. We meet up with Bert, and I'll, suddenly I see mini Oriole bird walking down. <laughs> what are you, you talking about? You I was brought, wearing an Orioles polo shirt. I know, but then you brought Albie with you in every piece of Oriole gear he has. He's three. <laughs> right. <laughs> the fan fest is for the kids. I get and, that. And grown men who still think they're kids. Right. There. Right. I just, I just uh, was surprised from the, uh, from the be professional side. What do you mean? I didn't know you were bringing Albie. I, I said was on the show him. I was bringing Albie. I don't know. Just surprised me. Yeah. It's fine. You got to play back the tape. Yeah. It got you a bunch of kids stuff. It did. And I think we've all learned that FanFest really is designed for the kids. <laughs> I think we knew that. And No, but I <laughs> oh, mean, that's, that's what even I more, they took, they took more stuff away from adults this year. Like what? Uh, anything on the, all the main stage stuff all went to kids. All, they brought all the kids stuff this year to the main stage, where in previous years they would do... They had conversations on the main stage about pitching and catching. Um, we know Alex Murphy was on there a couple of years ago talking about receiving and the importance of that. So, yeah, it, it yeah, I, I get your point, Josh. So it is hard to whine and complain about the Orioles being too kid focused. That's not a a popular selling point. <laughs> okay, right? all right. It's not You're, a popular whine to think, oh, thing to complain right. about. Good point. Let's talk about Chief Wahoo. <laughs> No, okay, let's get back to fan. Oh yeah, my, Go ahead. I got I got five things we learned. I, w- I was thrilled fest. that we got credentials, and I wore yeah. mine to Target afterwards that afternoon. <laughs> good, good for you. Did did it help pick up chicks or something? Like, what was the what was the end goal there? I'm just joking. Yeah. I took it. I, my wife made me take it off. Going to Target. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll just say that night in the bedroom, I wore. Never mind. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna. <laughs> and then she started ca- calling me Rock Kubaka, and I was like, "No, um, we're not doing this. I'm not Rock. We're not doing this." That got awkward. Um, no. So you're, what did I learn at FanFest? The, the, let's start with the number one story. Uh, the number one story from FanFest is fans have an unhealthy infatuation with Ryan Flaherty. That, yes. That's my, yes. that's my first takeaway. Yeah, really strange for on the uh, season ticket holder. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and Paul was there, Josh. You want to say what? what uh, yeah, so they, what Fan Fest, the first thing they do for season ticket holders is they do a little Q&A with Buck and Dan. So we all know, all right, we have no pitching, and Manny Machado's been on the trading block maybe all offseason. So clearly those are the two awkward things that are going to come up. Before either of those issues come up. Well, what, what, what was the first one? Starting pitching. Yeah, and the fact that Manny wasn't there. No, yeah, Manny and Scope aren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, Manny and Scope aren't there. Or the trade. Before any yeah. of this stuff comes up, anything that we would say, all right, these are big key things, the question from the audience is, Ryan Flaherty's a free agent. Are you going to re-sign him? And it got like an applause. And everyone cheered. <laughs> well, because Dan, Dan says, Dan Duquette says, so uh, Ryan Flaherty is, uh, has a lot of fans here in Baltimore, huh? And the place went crazy. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Right. I'm embarrassed to be associated with these people. I thought that was just a silly Twitter thing. But do people really like Ryan Flaherty? I don't know. The place went crazy, yeah. I, I was shocked. I feel like it started as a joke, and then it just kind of took off from there, and people actually buy into it now. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I have nothing against Ryan Flaherty, but... 
but a few things you guys want. But add, okay, I do too. Actually, add I in, try to be nice. Add in or not add in Ryan Flaherty has no effect on what the Orioles, how the Orioles play this off this season. No, there's it was just weird and uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently, the the joke of Ryan Flaherty love has became a real thing. Okay, and here here's my next thing I learned, and this is I'm going in order from most important to least important. So okay, that, so that was the most important thing I learned. Now going a little bit less important, I learned that everyone loves Buck. Joe Walter so much, right? We already knew that going in. Um, it was reiterated because even with this terrible off season, uh, and you wonder after losing season last season, you know where does that put Buck? Last year of his deal, but you watch whether it's on Twitter or you see him in interviews, just everyone loves everything Buck Showalter right. says. He, he, rare, he can say no wrong. Yeah, he rarely answers a question, but everyone loves him because whatever cute way he does to avoid the the question. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, if I was Buck Showalter, though, I'd be a little bit pissed right now. I mean, you're telling me, hey, Dan, your job is to get acquired talent and bring talent here. You're telling me right now I still only have two pitchers? Yeah. Well, there was, there was one question, which is fun from the crowd, where one guy did ask, hey, last year was an all, a losing season. Who do we blame, the GM or the owner? And that was a fun question yeah. that they stammered and avoided. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what 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 are, what are you going to say? Like, no, you can't. You either can't. you say it's my fault or you say it's Angelos's fault. That's both of right. the answers. Right. Um, the next thing I learned in order of importance. So this is becoming less and less important. Oh, by the way, this is not something I learned. Maybe I should put in there something I learned. Josh talking about outfits earlier. Uh, how we wanted to dress professionally to be because we were part yes. of the we had press credentials. Apparently, there's a dress code for press. I didn't realize this. Yeah. There's a dress code for press. If you walked in there, every single member of the press. The, the zipper sweater? Had on like a nice pair of jeans, like nice dark jeans, very nice shoes, and a slipper sweater. A zipper sweater. Yeah, I noticed that too. The, zi- the, the, <laughs> the sweaters with the zipper that only goes like a quarter, a yeah. third of the but way. Yeah, Mr. Rogers look. Yeah, everyone had the same exact outfit on. And I had a polo sports jacket with nice jeans and nice shoes. So I actually felt like it fit in pretty good. Did any of them have your hairstyle? No, no. <laughs> My hairstyle fits in nowhere. No, uh, it's not appropriate anywhere. You had about the same length as what's the what's the Masson person's name? Sarah something. Oh yeah, I, yeah. you and you and her had the yeah. same haircut. I feel like my hair has more volume, but whatever. <laughs> the, the the next thing I learned. <laughs> you, you really thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I learned that wasn't the outfits wasn't something I learned. Maybe it was. I don't know. Um, but in, in order of issues, I got two more. No, I got three more. Hey, Dan Duquette still is confident he's going to add veteran pitching. This is what he said all the time. Yes. And, Paul, maybe you can help me interpret this. Veteran pitching. I never really thought about this, but now when I hear it, when I hear it the way Dan says it, it means like old, washed-up pitching. Yes, yeah. old and That's cheap. every That's time I, I hear, hear when I hear veteran pitching. Johan Santana, San, uh, Santana's out there. He's a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so... Paul, what are your thoughts on this? And what are your thoughts on the Orioles? Like, Daniel Kett acknowledges we need to address starting pitching. All the starting pitcher and free agents are still out there, right? Um, do you anticipate who, – who is Dan, who is on Daniel Kett's radar, do you think? Not anybody that we would want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I could have told you that at the end of the season when they said that our biggest need in the offseason moving forward is starting pitching – they're going to end up with a guy like an Andrew Kashner whose peripherals look terrible, and they're yeah. going to end up with a guy like Jason Vargas whose splits throughout his career are really good in the first half and absolutely wretched in the second half. Right. And I think that's what we have to look forward to this year, guys like that. I had some hope 
that maybe a Lance Lynn could come to the Orioles. But but when I hear the word veteran, I know Lance Lynn is a veteran, but the way Andrew Cat says it does not mean Lance Lynn. He no. means Andrew Kashner. I think <laughs> exactly, and I think that it kind of um, speaks to how you're feeling about it, the fact that even Buck came out and said, I'm not willing to pay these guys what they're asking for. Yeah, what's what's Buck saying that for? Isn't that kind of surprising? Like He's, he's the manager. It's not his money. Right, and it, it could be a little bit of doublespeak as to say maybe one of these guys will fall in our lap at our price, you yeah. know, like uh, Nelson Cruz did back in 2014. Yeah. But they're not going to pay. Unfortunately, they're not going to pay 15 to $17 million a year for starting pitching, which leads to what league do you think you play in? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which then how will you have a pitching staff that can compete if you won't pay that much? Yeah, right. that's point, what it costs. It's a cost of doing business to yeah. be competitive. You can go out there and you can try and be like the San Diego Padres, or you can try and be a team that's competitive. Either tell us one way or the other what you're doing, but don't lie to us. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and stop me if I'm wrong, Josh, but the San Diego Padres had a girl pitching for them last year. <laughs> yeah, but that show got canceled after one season. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. So what? Uh, Zach will not be able to catch for us either. Zach Morris. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he won't be in the catching market this I bet season. He's available for the right price. But I, I always don't want to rush to judgment with the Orioles pitching because all the pitching's still out there. Like right. we could still sign two. Like if we signed a Lance Lynn and anyone else, Lance Lynn and Vargas or Kashner, I would be cool with that. As long as we had Lance Lynn, because Lance Lynn would pop right. up to the top of our rotation. But, Absolutely. but you're totally right. By saying the way he says veteran. It's it, I like, don't hear Ox Cobb no, and Lance Lynn. No, it's some old guy who's going to fill in that, that fifth slot for us. Yeah. All right. The, the next thing I learned, this is something I really learned. The other ones really, I really knew before, to be All honest. Right. But this, I really didn't realize until at FanFest I started to realize this. Often, we're projected in the projections to finish really low. Are you guys aware of this according to uh yeah every year sure petco or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And they got Pepsi, it right they got Pepsi it right Pepsi. last year sure <laughs> yeah yeah um one of the reasons we always say that we're able to buck those trends pun intended yeah we're able to buck those trends is because of kind of our clubhouse right that we have a really close-knit clubhouse winning culture all that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. the orioles all of a sudden have some clubhouse issues that doesn't appear to be a strength of our team anymore. Right, no. Uh, well, it, I don't know is, if it's clubhouse issues as much as it's clubhouse versus warehouse issues. I, I, I don't know how well Jonathan Scope not coming sits with the other players either. Right, sits right. Sits with Adam Jones. Yeah, sits with the other players. a lot of questions about him if you read the Baltimore Sun article. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it creates a distraction that, that they don't want. And listen, I don't, know how, I don't know if Adam Jones wants to fly from San Diego back to – to to Baltimore. Mer- to Baltimore, I mean the be- he, his favorite part about Baltimore is, is the airport, so he can leave. Now I, I don't, I, I don't know if he really wants to do that, but he understands as being a professional baseball player, it's part of your your job. This right. I don't want to get all outrageous with the Jonathan Scope thing, but this kind of pisses me off. Right, he's paid, he's going to make something like nine million dollars this year. He works for six months out of the year, and to be honest. Because the Orioles don't make the playoffs, it's usually they work for less than six months because they don't play in October. But and he just in the off season he can do his own thing, do his own workout until until February, right, or, or to till March when spring training starts. Up until then, he can do his own thing. We just ask you for one day, one day you come to Baltimore, and you're making nine million dollars, and you, and not to thank the ownership, not to right. say the ownership I love you. No, it's to thank the fans who support you, who come out there every day. It's the whole fan fest. It's there for the fans. 
And Jonathan Scope to just decide at the last minute to go for no reason. For for upset at his management or something. Right. Which has nothing with the fans. It's messed up on Scope's part. And and it pisses me off. Am I am I overreacting here? Is that you know, you a know reasonable what? take? What I what it what I took from it is uh, these Orioles, these past few seasons, this team, we watch this team and we say part of what makes them us love this team, part of what makes them play well is they're having fun and they're out there just having fun together. And what this reminded me of is it's not fun, it's a business. And for some of these guys, they're now in business mindset and not having fun and that's got to have some effect on the chemistry yeah i agree it's, and so part of your, and this goes for manny machado too it's not personal it's a business and when your contract up is up manny you're gonna go to any team you want and i get that because it's not personal it's a business but likewise if you don't come to fan fest you're still on the orioles and so it's still part of your business to come to fan fest and when we talk about trading you it's our right to trade you because again just like it's your right to walk at the end of the season it's our right to trade you because it's a business. Well, and, and you're. The, and so don't take personal offense and not show up to Fan Fest because there's trade talks. Your anger is palpable and understandable from a guy who's, you know, in his 30s, who didn't bring kids, doesn't care about getting an autograph, doesn't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. If, if my kid's favorite player is Jonathan Scope and I bought it, a voucher to get his autograph and get his. Because he waited to the last minute to cancel. Yeah. And, and I have to tell my kid who Fan Fest, this is for you, <laughs> uh, your favorite player is not showing up. Because he's has an arbitration agreement over a hundred or one point five million dollars that'll be right. settled in the next three weeks. Right. Um, I would be furious because yeah, because then it makes me look like an idiot. Right, and we're not talking about like Ryan Flaherty here. We're talking about <laughs> fr- the franchise players, right? The Oriole most valuable player. Right. He was the star last year. Yeah. And and to him have not him not show up to Fan Fest. Yeah. It's messed up. Well, don't worry. I got a Donnie Hart's autograph instead, so we're kids happy. <laughs> right. No, and I think I think we as Oriole fans kind of got used to that with Manny Machado, and it kind of helped us settle with the fact that he won't be here after this year, and that he might be gone mid-season. Um, but I don't think we expected that from Jonathan Scope. I think we still like to think of Jonathan Scope as a guy having fun playing baseball. What does it say that? And again, the, the anger is palpable that I'm indifferent towards mm. the fact he didn't show up. And, and yes, he should have shown up for the, for the fans, but I feel like I've just become so disenchanted with the franchise this offseason because of their lack of moves and their lack of, of a desire to spend the money needed to contend. I'm not saying they don't spend money. They had the highest payroll in the fr- his, history of the franchise last year. But for me, Jonathan Scope not showing up is just another brick. You know, of the times. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just another thing going wrong. And at this point, I feel like if I'm going to let stuff like that surprise me, I'm just setting myself up for heartache all offseason. Yeah, I think the difference is I'd like to think of the players separate from the warehouse. And I think I'd like, I'd like to see, well, it's Angelos and Duquette screwing things up. Um, and I, you know what? I like to just blame Angelos. I don't, I think Duquette's done a fine job and it's, I really like to just put my anger at Angelos and it's frustrating when I got to put some of that frustration and anger on a player. No, and and I get that. And, you know, I actually, I did one of my own shows a a little while back where I kind of condemned Dan Duquette for his moves or lack thereof. Um, but when I really have taken a chance to sit back and think about it, I can't really be mad at Duquette because if he was given the opportunity to spend the money, he would, right? If, yeah, yeah. If, if Angelo said, I don't care what it takes, go out and get us a team that's going to make us contend. 
Yeah. You know, he you don't really, think Dan, like Dan Duquette would want you Darvish here, right? Because right. right. it'll make him a better team. Like, it's not like he doesn't want him. Sure. Right. You know, we're we're all, um, and I know we're going to talk about Dan Duquette. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not done so with John the Scope yet. I'll save it for when we get to Dan Duquette. I'm not done with John the Scope yet. All right, Scope. I, I want him to. Scoop. If you're not going to show up because of financial reasons or whatever, because of the arbitration process, just come up up front and say, hey, I, I, right. I don't like what's going on. But apparently, Buck Showalter only even talked to his agent. He never even talked to Jonathan Scope, which is messed up. And, and at this point, I, want John, I think Jonathan Scope should come out, answer questions, because all the other teammates had to answer questions about Jonathan Scope. Right. But Jonathan mm-hmm. Scope is the one guy who had to answer no questions. Yeah. So I want Jonathan Scope to answer questions why he wasn't there. And frankly, I would like an apology to the Oro fan base about why he didn't show up. Right. So Zach, Zach Britton was not there. But we all accept that. We and know he came he's, on Twitter and answered questions. And that was my point: is he's injured. He's he's we've got he's got bigger things to deal with. We we understand that. Chris Davis's wife just had twins. How long uh, ago? Like the day before Fan Fest. All right. So we <laughs> we, we give him that. Because um, it's but, been three days. Forget it. I'm just saying. As a teacher in the public school system, they give you a week, then you're back at right. work. It I'm was less. Saying. It was less than a week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you were saying, Zach Britton went on Twitter and answered questions. There. And Scope, There's, we heard nothing from Scope. No. Even the freaking manager is not talking to Scope. Right, right. What is that? What is that? Right, and you can tell that Buck was irritated with Scope because when he was asked about Scope, his answer was, uh, I think he got bad advice from his agent. Is this, is this going to have any impact, you guys think, on the actual season, on the clubhouse? Or Does is this just off-season nonsense? Day? He's not, he's not going to get booed <laughs> on opening day. No. This has nothing. This is nothing. But this big. doesn't affect Clubhouse. Like Jones, I, I, on Twitter, Jones came out too. I think a little bit annoyed that Scope yeah. was missing out. And I think it's annoying. And I think you get annoyed with you get annoyed with friends and you get annoyed with teammates all the time. I mean, you spend a lot of time together. But come February, when they're back on the baseball field having fun together, they'll get over that. Us as fans, once the Orioles actually do something, we'll get over that. I, I tend to disagree with you, Josh, because. No, but it's always going to be in the back of my head. Because Manny Machado Just trade like, talk isn't going away. Right. He's still going to be linked in rumors. Right. Manny Machado, you're, you're, and we'll get to Manny here in a second. But, you see them already trying to appease him. So I, I, I think this, this, some I, of these issues aren't going to – Adam Jones' extension talk isn't going to go away. Some no, of these and issues that's going to linger. Yeah, and some of that And that's going to affect, to I think, still. the clubhouse. It could. I, I'm thinking scope skipping fan fest will not affect the clubhouse. Okay, I think all these other stuff, though, kind but of combined. But, yeah, some of this other stuff – is major things and i'm yeah i'm tired of the of the pleasing manny and we'll get to that yeah all right and here's my last thing i learned at fan fest this is and i'm going from important so this is the least important thing we learned i started with the most important ryan flaherty least important um manny and we were there we were there josh and i were there when it happened bert was somewhere playing with albie but we had our press credentials josh and i and we were we were there we heard it come out of his mouth the second happened and immediately all the reporters hopped on Twitter to be the first person to tweet it out. <laughs> and that's Manny Machado. Oh, I got it on Twitter before all the reporters. Manny Machado will be going to shortstop. Uh, guys, we did not know this before FanFest. Now we know Manny Machado will be the starting shortstop. Um, let's go around the round table and share your thoughts. Let's start with Paul and let's go around. What are your thoughts of M- at Manny at short? What? Why is he at short? Do you think this is the good move? What, 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 what are your thoughts on this, Paul? The fan of me wants to believe that him going to shortstop is just a better way to be able to, for the Orioles to market to keep him. But the realist in me thinks it's, it's bad for the team because now you're weakening two positions. Now, Tim Beckham's not the greatest shortstop I've ever seen. He has his own problems, mainly with throws. He has good range, but his, his arm leaves a lot to be desired. I think moving 
Manny, the shortstop, where he's only played, he's played less than 100 games in his major league career, probably less than 80 games in his major league career at shortstop. You move Beckham over to third base, he only played five games there in his career. Yeah. It just weakens the team for the sake of appeasing a guy who's not going to be here at the end of the game. Yeah. So you think this was a total appeasement move, not really what's best for the team, but like this isn't a buck call, this is a Manny call. I think it's a Manny call, but I also think if you want to look at it in terms of the team, maybe they're thinking that his market goes up if they move him to shortstop, and that way they're they're better able to trade him when it comes to the deadline if they're out of contention. Yeah. Bert, what do you think? Oh, I had a question. Uh, is <laughs> J.J. Hardy still on this team? No. That no. we said all along, it's J.J. Hardy's position until he retires, and then Manny's playing shortstop. And now Manny's playing shortstop because J.J. Hardy's not on the team anymore. Yeah, I th- so, we uh, saw it two 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 years ago, right? When 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 JJ Hardy was hurt, was hurt, Manny slid over there shortstop, and that yeah. I thought that was always the the plan as well. The only that it changed is Dan Duquette brought in a shortstop in yes, Tim Beckham, who played really well, at yeah. least offensively. And and the other thing that that is hard for us to consider is because seeing Manny play third for four or five years now, he's the best. The he, best. He makes plays that we haven't seen in Baltimore since the '60s, and yeah. uh, and so. You know, now he's going to shortstop where that the greatest shortstop that ever played is Calvin Jr. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it. I'm okay with it. it. It's all already been decided. He's not coming back. He'll we'll be lucky if he's here in August. Actually, yeah. I don't know about that being luck necessarily, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is what it is. You know, I. Yeah, I I can't talk too much about it without just getting down on the entire state of the team because it's just one step in that direction yeah. in my opinion but i mean the but downfall of the 2017 orioles starts with manny moving the shortstop <laughs> Josh, it, it is not every day it's a very unique thing when you take a player who's the best in the game at that position in his prime and then move him to a new position you don't see that every day yeah and manny i have no question in my mind manny could win a gold glove playing shortstop i have a big question about does it help the team and if the, if you were talking last year, if you were talking two years ago, no problem. You pop Manny there. I don't understand the fact of moving Manny to shortstop this year when he might not even play the whole season, when really we need to think about the future and we need to know, can Beckham hold down that position for us? And I don't see the point of shaking things up to appease a guy who's not going to be on the team uh, long term. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm torn by this because I, I don't know – does Buck Showalter seem like the kind of guy to just do something for trade value or to do something when it doesn't help him win baseball games? No. No, but- I, I get the I, I get the, the Buck angle has to be you have more chances to make plays in the shortstop position. You do? And you put your best player there. And as a fan, part of me wants to see Manny Machado play shortstop. I'm more concerned about Beckham on third base. Well, I, I think you can make an argument. And Paul mentions Weekend's two positions. I would say Weekend's one because I think Manny is an upgrade over Beckham at at short. But it does weaken but third I, base. I but, think it's a slight But upgrade. one of the reasons, and Paul's right, he's only had, what, five, as he said, five starts at third? Yeah. In his career. Yeah, but the, the reason for that, I, I don't know. I, one reason for it has to be that the third baseman he was playing alongside in, in Tampa Bay was Evan Longoria, who's right. pretty darn good. So you're not going to get many, many opportunities there. Um, but I think uh, a couple things. I think it possibly, we don't know yet, because we don't know how Tim Beckham's going to play third. Right. I think and, it could make us better. And Buck was very clear with Beckham will probably, he, he said probably be the third baseman. So Buck is also has a slight hesitation. Though this is one step closer to my ultimate plan, where you trade Trumbo, Beckham becomes a DH, 
and Mike Moustakis comes in to play third base. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I also think this notion that Manny wanting to play short and so you give it to him because he wants it is a terrible... I don't understand why that's a terrible right. thing. Like, I think it should. You should. And we see this happen. I think this has become a big deal in the NBA where the players start kind of to run the teams and you hear LeBron James hire, firing, hiring coaches. And, like, yeah. if, if Manny Machado, like, if he wanted to... And I understand this is the last year here. But if you want to make him happy because you think he'll be a better baseball player if he's happy, because I think there's a correlation there. If you're happier, maybe you play better. Then why not make him happy as long as it doesn't hurt the team? And I don't know if moving Manny Machado hurts the team. I don't know. Right. And part of me says, well, yeah, you're, you did it to Manny because we've all known he's wanted to play shortstop. He was really patient with letting J.J. Hardy continue to play. But this wasn't, like his career said, it wasn't an out-of-the-box idea. Like, right. It was always kind of the plan. For yeah, him to it was. Over there. So, I guess. Uh, the only loop in it is that Tim Beckham was signed at the end of last year. And that it, and that it's pretty clear if that JJ, Manny's leaving. Yeah, and if J.J. would have just stayed healthy and played out the rest of the season. It would be in the obvious move. Yeah, true. That's the only wrench in the thing, and uh, I don't think Tim Beckham has a lot of pool around here. Well, my 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 thing is Manny's the best player on the team, right? Yeah. So you want the best player on the team to be happy and play the position he wants to play. Yeah, that's my so, argument. So, so, but if Manny was guaranteed to be here beyond 2018, will we be having this conversation? Are we having this conversation simply because of the fact that he's leaving at the end of 2018? Absolutely. Yes. Unlikely. Yeah. Um. I don't think there would be a, a single issue with Manny moving to short if we had him locked up long term. If he would, if he would sign a five year deal, he could pitch every fifth day. I wouldn't even care. <laughs> right. He could do whatever he wants if he would sign long term. I, right. I, I agree because that's the difference. If he was long term, then it's okay. Well, we'll just bring in another third baseman. Third basemans are easier to find than shortstops. The fact that he's not here long term means what is Beckham at third base for six months, and then we move him once Manny's traded. Beckham goes to shortstop, and someone else goes to third base. It's the it's that is the fact that it's a temporary move is where I have a problem with it. Yeah. Well, and they've made Manny happy, and how does he repay everyone? Cancel his appearance at FanFest less than twenty four hours ahead of time. Yeah, it, it reminded me of uh, last off season we had Trey Mancini here on the Section Fifty Six show. Josh, we ever gonna get Trey back? We had Trey Mancini here on the show. From the show. And we suggested to him that he should start working out in left field in the outfield because that's where he could find a spot because it wasn't coming at DH or first base. Then later we hear that he's he's practicing and working out in left field. Not saying we had something to do with it, but we probably had something to do with it. <laughs> and but on this story, it's the opposite, right? First, the reports came out that Manny Machado was working out at short in Florida. Then Buck Short comes out and says, "Yeah, Manny Machado will be playing shortstop." Right. It's like it's it's the player, then the coach. Where before with Mancini, it was the coach, and then kind of the player followed suit. Just interesting interesting i don't uh i don't and, know i don't know if it affects his trade value either way though i don't i don't, I don't think it affects his trade value at all because i think everyone understands that manny can play short i don't think he needs to go out and prove it uh the question is just how it affects the team long term yeah i wonder if there's the, the this might be nothing or this might be something the hyunsu kim can i keep can we connect this with hyunsu kim i'd like to see you try yeah <laughs> hyunsu kim was brought in by dan duquette but then Buck Showalter never played him. And there was maybe a little bit of tension between management uh, and, and, and coach right there, or manager and upper-level management. Maybe, is there something here, too, like, Daniel kept made the deal to bring in a long-term shortstop. Right. Now, all of a sudden, 
Danuket's long-term shortstop is being moved by Buck Showalter away from shortstop. And that's Danuket brought him in to fill that long-term shortstop need. And now kind of Buck Showalter is superseding that and moving him to third base and kind of messing with everything. I think, I think you're reading too much into it. I think there's something there. <laughs> if that was the case, I think Beckham wouldn't be your third baseman. Now, if they go out and get a third baseman, may, maybe there's something there. So, Josh, are, are you saying that it sounds like you're saying Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter have a perfect relationship and always see eye to eye? No, we all, know that's, not, we all know that's not true. Right. Well, those are my five takeaways from FanFest. All right. What do you guys got? Uh, well, we got Dan. You want to stick on the Dan Duquette? We did get some news from Dan Duquette. Where you gonna play my audio clip, my video? Yeah, yeah. You want to? Here's your. I was in the press conference as one is when they have press credentials. <laughs> yeah, and and I took a video. Yeah, when you weren't uh, making your camera sound every two seconds, you actually were able to play a little bit, record a little video. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Orioles gave me an opportunity to reestablish uh, myself in Major League Baseball. Uh, Josh, can you pause this for a second? The, the question was, can we look on The question was about his future in Baltimore because this is last right. year. Do you deal. want an extension? Yeah, and if okay. you listen to him, and I don't know if this is just Dan who kept being the way, but the way he like, can't even like stumbles over his words, even about this simple question, does he want to continue in Baltimore? I listened to this, and I said to myself, there is no way this guy's coming back after this year. <laughs> Am I crazy for saying that? Just listen to his response. All right, all right. And I would say, there's no way this guy's coming back. You know, the Orioles gave me an opportunity to reestablish uh, myself in Major League Baseball, which I I mean, I, it's, well, it's, it's like he's being tortured to say, I, I'd like to. I'd like well, to I, and, it's like I, someone's torturing him to say it. I believe the first half that he's grateful that the Orioles gave him a chance to reestablish himself in baseball. Yeah, he was done. Then he paused. He was out in Israel somewhere starting a baseball then he, team. Right. Then he paused, and then it was like, well, how do, how do I word this and be political and diplomatic? Um, because you're right. We all know about the Toronto deal a few years ago. so. There might be something else out there for him that he aspires to do and leave Baltimore. Um, I did find it. I saw today that Dan Duquette has been GM for 15 seasons in di- with different teams. Right. How much last year he had a losing season, and he was talking on stage how he takes that very personally. Yeah. 15 seasons as a GM. Do you know how many losing seasons he had? Oh, he's very stressed with the Red Sox. Red Sox, you know, the Expos, Expos Orioles. That. Yeah. I mean, he would have won the freaking World Series if not for the shortened season. How many? Um, out of 15? I, I would say losing seasons. Losing seasons. I would say, I would guess four out of the, five out of the 15. Two. Wow. The answer's two. And one of them was last year. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Is this something about Dan Duquette, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, we, people really jump quickly to bash Dan Duquette. And when you look at what he's done with his organization, it's really hard to make a case that he's, done a poor job he hasn't and especially with the constraints of dealing with uh peter angelos brady anderson weird money uh limitations angelos maybe going around duquette in some regards with the davis situation you cannot be mad about with dan duquette and i would have no problem with giving dan duquette an extension i just don't think dan wants it that whole time watching that video i had a hard time just listening to what he was saying because the guy just bears an uncanny resemblance to Darth Vader with his helmet off. It's something with the bags under the eyes. 
That's every time I see him, that's all I can think about. Let me see you once with my own eyes. I don't know. I no mean, other Star Wars fans in the house. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen maybe two episodes. <laughs> and not what? the one with the helmet all. Darth <laughs> Vader? I thought when he lifts his helmet, he's James Earl Jones. No, he's a pasty old white guy. Oh. He's like not, a, he's not <laughs> a lot to me like James Earl Jones. Mo- movie magic. It's amazing. Now, if James Earl Jones was what Dan Duquette sounded like, it'd be a whole lot more fun to listen to his press conferences. Yeah. A whole, lot, whole lot more words, too. You, you mentioned uh, Brady Anderson. Do you guys see any of the Brady Anderson quotes? I did not. I remember walk, we walked through the clubhouse tour, and I think it did strike me going through the clubhouse that Brady Anderson's not only does he have a locker in with all the players, he's got a ton of gear in his locker, which means he basically lives out of his locker, and, which, which has to add to that awkward clubhouse feel. And he has the first one as soon as you walk in, so everyone that walks in and out has to walk past him. Yeah, yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very strange for a guy who's a front office guy. So, but yeah. he's a player's guy. The players love, love I did him. see what Brady Anderson was asked about Manny Machado, and his, his response was, we should have given him an extension when he got his knee surgery. That's a good answer. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, you should have done it any time up to now. Yeah, do you, do, you, do you know why he said that? Why? Why would someone say that? Why would someone say, you know what, we should have done it, we should have signed him here, but unfortunately the people in charge did not sign him then, when that's what we should oh, have he done. Oh, he wasn't around. Because hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, and why else do you say that? Because they're not signing him now? Sign him. Yeah, and because... You want the job, and you said you if you were in charge, you would have done it <laughs> better. I would have done. Yeah, this is. I think, oh, you're right. I if think, I was GM. Yeah, I think he's making an argument that that he and you see. I mean, of course, everything he says about the owner is great. They're asking questions about like in his market size, can they still compete? Is there, you know, the owner's giving up plenty of resources, right? And and so I, I think he's 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 in his he, move. He's well, vying for the job. What's his title now? Vice president of something. Baseball operations. Yeah. He's like the the assistant to the executive vice president of baseball operations. It's yeah. A George Costanza title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's basically Dan Duquette's assistant. Yeah. You know, I have to Henchman, admit, I, yeah. I, I um I thought the same thing that he's basically campaigning for the job. The question is, he may have wanted to resign him after twenty fourteen, but would Angelos have allowed him to do so? Yeah. Uh, because you can do, want to do as many things as you want, in uh you know, i.e. Dan Duquette doesn't mean that Angelo's going to sign off on it. Yeah. Or even that Manny will agree to it, right? That's the assumption that Manny will not want to take the free agency then at that point. And it's the assumption that after two knee surgeries, everything's going to be hunky-dory with Manny Machado's knees and we can sign him to a 10-year deal. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just so many question marks. So to stay back and say, oh, we should have done that, I think is always kind of foolish when people do that. Unless you really were saying that. If we can find a quote of Brady Anderson saying that in 2014, I'll say, okay, Brady, you were right. <laughs> right. But there's no quote. Right, of course not. Just like when Josh always says, we should have traded Zach Britton last, uh, oh. last trade deadline. You still, there's need, no, me to, you there's still no, need me to go find that? There's no quotes he said that. <laughs> uh, other news that came out at FanFest is Adam Jones, the fact that there's been no extension talk. Who? What is Dan Duquette doing? Dan Duquette isn't talking to anyone about extensions. Right. He's not signing anybody. What is he doing all day? Does anyone, what is Dan Duquette doing? That's a good question on the phone seven days a week that's what Buck said yeah right with who yeah if you're trying to call him just ask Dom Chidi if you're trying to call him he doesn't call back you won't be able to get a hold of him right I I don't know Um, what's he doing you would think Adam Jones would at least be an easy extension to nail down give give him another three years I don't know do you want Adam Jones extension can I say something dumb do you want it 
yes, I want I want Adam Jones as that veteran locker room presence, not in center field. But yes, okay, I would I would give him three well, more years. Will you settle for Chris Davis because he's going to be forty five years old and still in that locker room? <laughs> it's a, it depends on this off season. Josh, Josh, uh, can, yeah. Josh, but can I ask you a question? If you lose Manny Machado, if you lose Zach Britton, Brad Brock, if it looks like Jonathan Scope is out the door, if you're trading Jonathan Scope, you're telling me you still want to sign Adam Jones to a three year extension? Yeah, you're right. No, and, that, and right, like, well, it's that's where you got to make up your mind. Either go for everything this year. Or rebuild. What are we doing? You got to make up your mind. Well, they're obviously not going for everything. No, <laughs> and but they're not. But they they're doing they're, they're doing nothing, right? <laughs> right? They're not doing. They're not trying to win now, and they're not trying to rebuild for the future. They're just here. They're just being. Yes, which is the worst place you want to be as a franchise, right? Just kind of being. All right. Um. Yeah. Dan Duquette did take care of one extension this off season, extending the net in up to up past the dugouts. <laughs> Uh, that uh, a lot of people are upset about that. Do you guys care? Not one bit. No, I, I like, don't sit that low. Right, and like affect me. And there's enough people that sit that Ooh, low that are on Bert our taking pro- shot at one percenters. Right, yeah. and <laughs> I think we see more people sitting down there distracted on their phones and everything, and little kids that go ahead. You've got to do. You got to put the net in there. You got to protect yourselves from getting sued. Do you think that was Dan Duquette's decision? I think that has no. nothing to do with his job. I just like to say that the <laughs> Orioles at least did one extension this offseason. Yeah, but most of the fans aren't happy about it. So. Right, right. Well, it's kind of like the Davis extension. Um, let's see. It Other, doesn't affect the view in Section 336 or 334, right. so I don't care. Right. <laughs> Other notes I took from FanFest was uh, Mark Trumbo was kind of blaming analytics and focusing more on launch angles this past season, saying why he was having a down year, that he was overthinking it. I remember reading an article from Fangraphs last offseason about Mark Trumbo, and he was t- he was very into launch angle and the right. sabermetrics. Exact same thing. Right, and this <laughs> and so now he came out and said, well, that bl- he blames that kind of for his poor season and how this season he's just going to go up there and swing hard and do what he's done in previous years. Not think you, too hard about it. Right, and not think about it. Uh, not thinking while you have to play. We call that the Chris Davis method. Let's see how that works <laughs> right. out. I think that Mark Trumbo's – explanation for his poor season is just looking for a scapegoat for it because I mean if you look at his career he does this he has a good year where he hits about 260 with 30 plus home runs and the next year he hits below 250 and hits 20 home runs this is what he does I mean the only reason he's going to bounce back this year is because it's what it says his career says he does yeah, I, I just looking for an excuse. It's an even side, even numbered year this year, so right, he'll be okay. Are we, are we going to have a Trumbo bounce back coincide with the Davis bounce back? Because that's the key. That's the that's the playoff I think, run key. A yeah. Trumbo Davis Ash Brothers. I think we do bounce back. Combo. Short stints of time where they're both, uh, you know, on right. a roll. I mean, there's a chance for that this season. There was uh, Scott Kubal was talking about Davis and the work Davis has been putting in this off season to uh be more aggressive and All also and also twins. right and and also uh <laughs> beat the shift so i think that could be interesting if davis can have a bounce back year and if trumbo can have a bounce back year that's something fun to get excited for um at least the long ball this off season this did, season did anybody ask trumbo why he hates the pies uh no, I don't think there were any fan questions. Everyone's for Trumbo. always afraid of the hardball questions. <laughs> <laughs> Though he was up there rocking it out with Kate, with Kate, Caleb Joseph in a band. That surprised me to see Mark Trumbo oh, have a little bit of fun. Did you did you see him playing guitar? No, I, I he looked like the stiffest guitar player ever. <laughs> like just because you know how to play doesn't mean you know how to be in a band. Did you watch any of the uh, kids 
interviewed. Uh, I saw like kids asking uh, Darren O'Day and Brad Brock questions. Dylan Bundy, did you catch any? Of that? I did not. I saw videos of it, and and it just made me look forward to the time where my kid is old enough to get up there and do that because then I can tell him the questions to ask and he'll do it. Yeah, you gotta have him hardball answers. So you gonna you gonna have him go up there all sweet and ask the hard questions? I want to coach him up. <laughs> yeah, about like cleat color and <laughs> yeah away uniforms. It's probably better they didn't let me in the in the press room with Albie because I had my iPhone all ready to ask Adam Jones the uniform question. From 2014. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we we were in there. Quick story time with Matt here. We 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 were in in the in the press room. This is we just got there. Buck Showalter just came out. This is a little bit weird for me. I always thought. I don't know why they do it like this. Like how they do it is Buck Showalter stands in front of a Masson sign, right? So you see in the on the on the television right. mm-hmm. when they do the video of him behind the Masson screen, and then they have about fifteen reporters. Wait, about fifteen? Yeah, yeah. Each split between each side of him. Yeah, all like up in his face with their little either iPhones or microphones. Right. Each, Everyone has their own. Recorder. Yeah, my man Jerry Coleman's there. Rock's there. All, all the big wigs are there. My man Schmuck, Bert's uh, Bert guy, Steve Schmuck. Rich Dubroff, friend yeah, of the show. Yeah, our, our friend, quote unquote friend of the show, Rich Dubroff. <laughs> Jake, Jake from Bird's Eye View trying to squeeze in. Yeah, there I didn't realize the... Jake was there till later, but Jake from Bird's Eye View was there. He was undercover. Um, the, he was dressed like a pro. I don't understand. He, he, had, his, he had the zipper sweater down. Yeah, he, he knew how to dress. I, I don't understand why they don't just have him, like, why they don't have Buckshaw to stand up and, like, one. Talk what? to them while the reporters sit down or something. Like, why everyone's all up in his face? Well, but whatever. And, yeah, and I don't get the fifteen recorders. Like, can't Buck just talking to one microphone and everyone gets a recording of the of the interview? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I thought, like that's how it works. Like after a like, game in the locker room, but I didn't realize that's how these no, I, right? I want it to right exactly like after like the post game. That's how it should work. But anyway, it's it's fifteen guys, and so Buck and and so what Buck does because they're all huddled around him. He just talks in like. A normal voice, you know. He talks about how I like my guys. That's a great. We'll be fine. That's a great. That's a great presentation. That's more Dan Duquette, I feel like, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and so he's, you know, talking to him. So everyone's, everyone's kind of quiet as yeah. as they get set up. And then all of a sudden, you just hear this noise. <laughs> right in the middle of the interview, <laughs> right, right in a nice quiet part of Buck, of Buck talking, which is Was me, which is me on my telephone. Taking pictures with the sound on. Ooh, not professional. <laughs> and everyone turns no. and look like, who is this guy? How did he get press credentials? <laughs> Just a three three six podcast back here, right? With my camera phone, I don't know how to turn the sound off. So Matt, Matt and I stood kind of behind the camera guys because uh, we didn't feel like we needed to cram up and hold our phones out to I, record I no like everyone else. Ask. Yeah, so I thought there'd be more people there. We the stood behind the, the, the camera crew, and what that left me in the situation where I don't know about you, Matt, but I was just trying really hard to not make eye contact with whoever was doing the, the doing the quote, doing the being interviewed, whether it was Dan Duquette oh, or I, Buck. See, I tried to make eye contact. I, did not, I tried to not make eye contact. I tried to get straight at at us. You got to get you got to match eyes with Buck. You know, yeah. he's looking into your eyes. It changed your life. Yeah. But it was cool to get that close to Buck. That was really close to Buck. Yeah, he's one of your favorites. Yeah, it was real close. If only Brian Mattis was still on the team. It took everything not to go all fan and, and giddy on him. I don't know. <laughs> Jake was all up in there from Bird's Eye View. I don't know how he keeps his uh, composure. He's that, been in the press box a few times. He, he probably knows how to handle yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone. And he's, right got the, he's got the uniform. 
So he's yeah. got it down. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I was dressed apart too, for the record. Were, were the reporters doing their, their little reporter selfies at the end of the night? Jake squeezing into those. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Just go get a selfie with Buck during the middle of the press conference. Right. But I didn't know if that was appropriate. Well, not with the, not with the clicking sound. Yeah, I had to figure out how to turn the click off first. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's my notes from Fan Fest. I don't know. I mean, it was smaller, and what do you think? It was hard to judge the tone of Fan Fest. Do you think fans were positive? Fans weren't positive about the season. I think they were just excited to have baseball back. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there, there's a group of fans like us who will cheer the Orioles, even no matter what they do. When Buck Showalter walks on the stage, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer for Buck. Um, when Dan Duquette, I'm gonna cheer for Dan Duquette. When Adam Jones introduced, I'm gonna cheer for Adam Jones. I'm gonna be their opening day. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the games even if they, you know, finish with 70 losses. I'm still gonna be there, still cheering for them. I think there's a lot, a large portion of the fan base who just supports the Orioles, win or lose, and we can on the side complain all we want, but we'll be there at the stadium. We'll be there at Fan Fest, and we're and we're gonna cheer these guys on. If they finish with 70 losses, I'd take that. 70 wins, I meant. Did I say losses? I meant wins. <laughs> yeah, 70 losses, you're pretty good. Yeah, it it was cool to see listeners at Fan, at Fan Fest, and Joe grabbed us real early, ran into Matt and I, and uh, grabbed us, and it was cool to run into him. And he, what stood out with him grabbing us is he said, "Hey, I wrote a new uh, iTunes review this week for you." Because last week I whined a little bit that we hadn't any hadn't hadn't gotten any new reviews for 2007, right. 2018. I did a little bit of whining, and if you want reviews, you uh, got a whine, little apparently. podcast tip, podcast tip. If you want reviews, just whine like a little, I can't say girl, like a little baby. Are we allowed to offend babies? I think that's okay. I, ha- I, I own a baby, so I think I can uh, uh, say whine like a baby. They all going to get together. Because I own one. a coalition against uh, all right. stealing so, candy from them. Right. <laughs> it's round <upon> now. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, I, if you want to get, get reviews, whine like a baby. Yeah, so thank you, Joe, for coming, uh, stopping by and seeing us. And for your review... Which, uh, like always, whenever someone writes a review, we highlight it on the show. And Joe wrote five stars, like everyone does. Of course. Uh, let's go O's. There is that one four star. Section 336 is the greatest Baltimore Orioles podcast around. Look forward to listening every week. Keep up the great work, Josh, Matt, and Bert. I disagree with none so, of that. No, a perfectly good review. I disagree with none of that. That's uh, that's my favorite review since the Soroka Snake in, uh, review. <laughs> right. Something about Soroka Slippery Snake, right? <laughs> that, <laughs> that was one of the reviews. Cracks right. Up. I, I don't get it, but that guy did give five stars, I believe. No, right. he only gave four stars. Oh, he's, oh, he, the four stars? he's the four one star. four star. Yeah. Soroka Slippery uh, Snakes. It still pisses me off. All right. I got to give Joe a magnet anyway for, uh, for finding us at FanFest. So we got a little thank you for the review. Hey, we, we did the Clubhouse tour too, where we walked to the Clubhouse we didn't have a ticket. I don't think we were really allowed to, but we ended, we did it anyway. We, we I greased a few palms. Yeah, um, Albie was cute. You can get if you have a little cute kid, you can get in anywhere. He almost got a Chris Davis bat just for being cute. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Adam Jones has three lockers. Oh yeah, that was yeah. interesting. Everyone has one locker. Then get Adam Jones. He's got three lockers. Well, it, Davis had two. Davis has two, and Trumbo has two. Right. Oh, Trumbo had two and too. They, yeah. Real obvious is Jones has the three lockers and they're still full. They have all his stuff is still in there. How many lockers think Man- that Manny has? Uh, they didn't say. I bet when he comes back, he he demands four. 
said, I'm not playing. Let's get four lockers. Do you think, uh, do you right think that's in Jones' contract? To get guy three lockers? Chris, guy like Chris Davis when Mark Trumbo, when they re-sign they, in the contract, say, I want two lockers. You think there's not enough lockers for every player? So, like, uh, uh, Austin Hayes, like, has no locker. He just has, like, live, live out of his bag because <laughs> Adam Jones has three lockers. Yeah, just, just go in the corner. There, there's a bag. Put your stuff in the bag. Well, we you don't were, get a locker because we Adam Jones needs three. We went into the press room where uh, Buck does his post-game conference at the table there. We got our picture taken. Yeah. But there were uh, whole lines of lockers in there that were empty. Right. That's probably where Austin Hayes' locker know, is. <laughs> he, he has a in, in the press room. The press room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about that afterwards. And, I mean, baseball has set roster numbers. So you would think there would be 25 lockers in this room for the, the 25 men on your – 25 lockers for the 25 men on your roster. And I thought that that, that other press room, locker room, that must have been for the September call-ups. <laughs> it might be. But I don't – but the fact and that – And rule five guys. Right, and rule five guys and however else you squeeze in an extra guy on your team. So, I don't know. I just thought it, it was just weird. Like, why three lockers? And they got room for Brady Anderson to have one. Yeah. Right. Which we already talked about. <laughs> Wasn't there something about some kind of contention that Brady Anderson's in the locker room too much? Wasn't that an issue oh, yeah. last year? Yeah, that that was a story that came out. Was that a Rosenthal story? That yes. was a national because the local media are are a bunch of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Dog. Bert? Um, strawberries. A bunch of strawberries, <laughs> and it takes the national media coming in here to tell a real story. Well, if you remember, and if I had Rich Dubroff on the line right now, I'd tell him that to his that face. That was the big news. Yes. Rich Dubroff was on the <laughs> That's show. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't happy with us. Rich Dubroff. I know it's your show. <laughs> yeah. Why are you asking me? <laughs> right. Rich Dubroff got very upset that we would give any legitimacy to that article. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, local media. Local media does not snoops did not like that they. Them. Yeah, that they got. Yeah, but I mean, it's a fair question. Why does Brady Anderson have a locker room in there? Why does he have a, I don't know. Why does he wear a uniform even? Right. Why does he own a uniform? I'm not, I'm not seeing Brady Anderson. Uniform. He's always wearing like the bat no, practice he's got, shorts. And, yeah, he's got the bat and practice stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. think he wears he's not full he, uniform. He doesn't have a jersey with his name. No, because. I think he does. He probably. I, I think he has a uniform in that locker. I'm yeah. Sure that yeah, but does. I've never seen him wear. Yeah. I've never seen the number nine Anderson jersey trotted out there. Really? No. No, he just has that so that he can try to pretend that his name, his number's retired. I mean, Mike Bordick has a uniform, but I don't know that anybody can play about that. He's an instructor. Yeah. Right. It's true. Like, if you're doing, like, a manager, a coach, instructor, but, like, Brady's none of those things. Right. But like, he's, he's a Peter Angelus guy, so why is he but he's also, locker room But guy? he's also a coach instructor. We know Trey Mancini was out in California with him this offseason working on outfield drills. Yeah. So he's and we know that he's been working with the pitchers and condition. He's like a conditioning coach, so he's just in a weird position yeah. that no one ever understands. And he couldn't. He couldn't have number nine because Nate McLeod wore number nine when he was here. Can't right. That's that. why he's how. I'm not saying during the game. I'm not saying during the game, but like in that's spring training. That's why they didn't stuff. bring back uh, Nate McLeod though, because Brady Anderson. There was some beef there. It, he wanted his jersey number back. <laughs> And Nate McLeod was taking up his locker in the locker room. It's like, well, Nate, you gotta go. You know, despite this all, all this bad news, <laughs> and all the all the news sucks. Paul, I, I'm still kind of optimistic about what the Orioles can do with the with the time left in the off season, and that they can compete next year. I think their offense is still going to be good. We got two weeks until spring training starts. Yeah, we need to find a couple pitchers, but it's one of those things that everything goes right. I mean, maybe I'm sipping the Kool-Aid, but Buck's starting to get me convinced about this guy, Nestor, that maybe he could be one of the starters. Jose Mesa apparently is awesome, too. Jose Mesa Jr. They talked a lot of – they talked up. I mean, Buck talking up these Rule 5 guys 
not not the third guy. I forget his name, but Jose Mesa Jr. and and Nestor talking these guys up. Right. Uh, are you are we? Am I right at all to be optimistic, or should I be setting the bar really low right now, Paul? I don't think that you're wrong to be optimistic. Thank you, Paul. Um, <laughs> simply because of the fact that nobody outside the Milwaukee Brewers and the Yankees have done anything. And the Yankees made one trade, albeit a big trade, but all these other free agents are out there are still out there. All the other teams still haven't made a play for any of them either. Yeah. So the Orioles could they could wait till the second week of spring training, and like we said earlier in the show, somebody could fall into their lap that we all would really love assigning maybe like somebody on a one year deal, like a Lance Lynn who wants to say, hey, you know what I did in the National League, now I've done in the American League, yeah. get a new contract next off season. So until all these guys go off the board and then the Orioles are dumpster diving, yeah. there's always room for optimism. It's just the way this off season has gone, it's you're kind of preparing yourself for the worst and hoping for the best. You think Manny Machado is going to finish the season out with the Orioles and then we'll get the second and fifth round pick for him? You think that's what's going to happen? If they're in contention. I think yeah. that Duquette and Angelos have proven that if they're even sniffing a second wild card berth, and by sniffing I mean within five games, they're not going to make a trade that's going to you know make the team worse. Yeah, right. I think Peter Angelos has a different definition of contention than we do. Like within... As long well, as it's not double digits behind. Well, remember, Dan, contention. Dan Duquette <laughs> took offense during the, the Q&A that someone mentioned that last season they were not competitive. A bad September. Because he said, oh, it's a bad September. Yeah. We were competitive for the season. Yeah. So, yeah, I, Manny will stay here if they're competitive. If, if there's a chance that they can get a wild card slot, I don't see them trade to Manny. Yeah, and so – and I think they're going to be around 500 the All-Star break. So you're telling me Manny's going to stay here. What, what, what if we're out of contention? Can I say something stupid? Yeah. What if we're out of contention? Like, what, let's say we're, you know, we're 12 games back behind the wild card, which is very possible. And we get some offers from Manny. Is it possible that Peter Angelo says, nah, I don't like those offers. I want to see Manny finish his, you know, I, I want to see him finish his, his year out here with Baltimore. Is it possible that we're out of contention and we still don't trade Manny? Or does, do these things are these automatic? If if that's the case, then Angelos needs to be put out to pasture. Wow, people have been saying that for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, like that, I think that that seals the deal. If you're that far out and you don't trade Manny just because you want to see him finish out the string here, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It, it's, it's, it's a, it's a it. horrible. Deal. <laughs> I take it back. I take I it was, back. I was buying in for a minute when you said it, but as soon as I heard someone else say it, I was like, no, that's the worst thing I ever heard. Right, because all that would do was all, all of us would suddenly say, well, hold up, hold up. Well, if he's staying here, they didn't trade him. That means they're going to extend him. Hold we'll up. No, there's no way they're go. doing that. Okay, okay, quick. So, so let me ask the, the follow-up question then. So, okay, so so you say if if Duquette doesn't trade, I mean, if uh, Peter Angelos does not want to trade him, then he should be murdered. I get that. <laughs> but <laughs> my next question is that the next logical step would then be Zach Britton must go and Adam Jones must go and Brad Brock must go, right? So at that point, yes. you're trading those three guys too. Yes. I think, no. you, I think you're trading anybody that's not really making the minimum, and that includes Jonathan Scope because – Oh, and scope. Uh, well, because you're already setting a bad precedent. If you're going to draft these guys and they're going to turn into superstars in Baltimore and then you're going to watch them leave because you don't want to pay them, then what makes anybody believe that you're going to sign scope too? I mean, you can argue that scope season— We signed Jones and we signed Davis. Like, we've signed guys before. Yeah, no. Yeah, they were, I mean, if, if you're out of contention, everyone's, on the, everyone's available. I, I mean— that, that doesn't have a long term. You can argue that scope last year had a better offensive season than Manny Machado has ever had. Am I am I wrong in saying that? He had close to 330 home runs over 100 RBIs. Mandy's never done that. So 
you're looking at a guy like, why should he take less than what Manny Machado is going to take? The, they are the same age and they put up similar numbers. Why should he take less? So if you're not well, going to pay Manny, you're not going to pay Scope. Might as well trade them both. Yeah. I, but see, at the, when you're trading Manny, you could argue that you're retooling for, for 2019. When you're trading Scope, you're, you're retooling for 2021. Right? Like, I, I mean, I could argue, and I would even argue against, like maybe if you can trade Manny, sign Britain to an extension still. So now you're just trading Manny, trade Brock. You can talk extension with Jones. So Jones probably doesn't want to stay here because we're not going to win. Um, but like, I could make an argument that you could still keep some of these guys. Like, just because you can't sign, like, you got to spend money somewhere, right? Someone's going to make some money. Right. All right. But I mean, you could argue that you could get more for Scope because he's still under team control through next season, too. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like, right now, if you tried to trade Manny or Scope, who would bring back more? Scope. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because I mean, he has a whole nother well, year, a whole nother year on the contract. I think he would. Package deal. He could totally revamp some other teams' infield. Yeah. And take their entire farm system. <laughs> the rebuild wouldn't be as long. Yeah. But I don't think it's good. But again, like, that's the rebuild argument that I've been saying from day one. I want no part of. I want, I want to retool. I want, if you're not going to win 2018, I still think there's too many. I mean, Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman. I, I think there's still a lot of good young players here. Chris Davis, uh, Trey Mancini. We got some young players coming up with Chances, Goss, and Hayes. Like, I don't think we need to wait seven years to compete again. I think we can compete next year if we just make a couple moves. Right. I'm inclined to, to agree with you. Because if you go five-year rebuild, then Kevin Gossman and Dylan Bundy are gone, and it took us long enough to find those two pitchers. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you, I mean, and that's – do we have hope in Hunter Harvey and some of these other guys yeah, that are coming a, down the this line? this is a huge year for Hunter Harvey. Where we right. See where, and, and, like, we got to see, like, because we don't know, right? We don't know if Cody Sedlock is legit, if D.L. Hall is legit. We don't know if these right. young pitchers – That guy from Australia who had a Alex good season in, for the Shorebirds. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't know – are these guys good? Are the guys major league pitchers or not? And so this year, hopefully, will tell us a lot about that too, and we'll see where we are for for next year. All right, um, a couple comments from the chat room. Um, this is from a while ago, but Jimmy says the Orioles need to stop chasing after another Nelson Cruz. You're not gonna have an All Star drop in your lap for nothing every year. I think that's that's pretty accurate. I, yeah, I mean, I, that, yes, that makes sense. Go ahead. Though, though I thought I thought maybe last year we did it again, or or Dan Duquette did it again with Mark Trumbo, but then Mark Trumbo turned out to suck. But we did get a really good deal compared to what Mark Trumbo wanted to get and what other people said Mark Trumbo would get. Right. We got a good deal from Mark Trumbo. It just turned out he sucks. Right. And he drains um, all the fun out of it. Miguel, was Miguel Gonzalez a Dan Duquette move, pulling him out of Mexico? Yes. Okay, so maybe we can – there's hope there that that something like Nestor could be a, uh, a Dan Duquette surprise. I really like. Do you know what I like when we do the Rule Five guy? We, I like when we take Yankee, Yankee right. Spider. But I tell you what, those two Yankee pitchers, Jose Mesa Jr. and 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 Nestor Cortez, those two guys would immediately become like two of the best pitchers in our organization, and they're not even good enough to be on their forty man. So it right. just says where they are as an organization. Yes. And where we are as an organization, yeah. there's a world of difference. But if they can come up and, and make an impact, you, know, you never know how much a change of scenery and uh, the opportunity works out for guys like that. Yeah. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, speaking of which, another comment from the ch- chat room, Katie Berry, Kate Berry says, Dumpster Dan needs to go. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she says, there's truly no way we sign Manny long term. Truly. I right. guess it's, it's, not, it's not over until it's over. But Yeah, I mean, we kind of agree over. with, with – that Manny's not sticking around, but I think we all are happy with what Dan Duquette's done. Has there ever been a team in history where they they tell you the guy's 
absolutely on the trading block or listening to offers. Never mind, we're just going to resign. <laughs> right. I think a lot of us are hoping for that. But. Yeah, like it's. Well, that's what. Isn't that what uh, Boston did with Andrew Miller? Where they said, all right, we're going to trade him, but we're going to sign him in the offseason. And then he got angry and didn't resign with Boston. Isn't that what they were trying to do a few years ago? Who's that? Andrew Miller. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a smart strategy to trade trade Manny for a bunch of prospects, right. then re-sign him. I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. They're trying to trade him for a bunch of prospects, then re-sign him next year. I think that's what they're trying right. to do, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good move as long as you can convince the player, hey, this is for your good. We're going to give you more money than anyone else and re-sign you. The problem is the Orioles aren't going to give him more money than anyone else. Yankees did it with Chapman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good move and valuable, and you get that guy – that player then goes out and gets some yeah. postseason experience. Yeah, the Yankees rip ripping people off out there. It pisses me off. Um, <laughs> some other comments in the chat room. Ryan uh, Leach says, Ryan from Birdland Baseball here. Let's sign someone so I can make some new O's post. Yeah, it's tough tough times out there for O's bloggers. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Let's, uh, let's, let's not forget about them in this whole shuffle. All right. We're going to see a, at least a week or two of content of saved from FanFest. I also saw this at FanFest. Now I'm going to write 500 words about it. I mean, and, and all that being said, we still get together every Monday and talk about the same crap over and over again. Yeah, what about us people? We're we going to resign Manning. We're going to trade Manning. Right. One one day there'll be news to talk about. <laughs> well, ten days till pitchers and catchers report. Yeah. Um. Also, J- Jimmy says, "Did you see uh, Adam slam Dan Clark? It was great." The I tell you what. Um. Dan Clark is the guy on Twitter, I believe. Yeah, Dan Clark is the Australian blogger or Twitter Oriole fan who uh And he he tweeted out this. He said, Adam Jones will be at Fan This is all the talk where Adam Jones tweeted out I won't be at FanFest either, kinda of joking because right. everyone's dropping out. Uh, Adam Jones Dan Clark said, Adam Jones will be at FanFest, folks. His tweet fo- was followed up with another acknowledging it was a joke. In saying that though, clearly he too is frustrated by the actions of his teammates. There's problems in Baltimore. I think the 2018 season will be littered with frustrations. Adam Jones responded, and your source for my clear frustration. Right. With what do you call shrug. this? Shrug. Emoji shrug. Emoji yeah. shrug. Dan, Dan, Dan Clark likes to post a lot of stuff as if he has an inside track. And I think there's Oriole fans on Twitter that like Dan Clark and a lot that do not like Dan Clark. And where do you stand, Josh? I've blocked Dan Clark. Okay. <laughs> With that said, he has a lot of followers. A lot of followers on Twitter. If you would like to come on Section Three Three Six Show and retweet us, we will be more than happy to have you on the show. Uh, yeah, but hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> Twitter audit. I want to see how many were paid for. Did any of you guys do the Twitter audit? I did I not. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that you could do that. Oh yeah, celebrities paying for Twitter followers. Wait, tweets. Can you just put anyone in a Twitter audit? You get the first one for free. So obviously, I did, did it audit myself. yourself? Yeah, I did. Myself. And what did you find out? I'm 97 percent. Uh, true followers. You have three percent fake followers. Hold on, three percent of sixteen of my followers are robots. Hold on, is it Dan Clark? One word. I don't know. Because I, I, it sounds way better. I care more about Dan. I meant Clark. to put that in notes because that was a big thing. That was a big thing. So you, so you could choose to audit someone else and not yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh. Uh, Britt McHenry got slammed. Uh, one of the judges on uh, Shark Tank also got busted, spending money on fake followers. All right. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. Oh. And I'm now audited in Dan Clark Sports. This has happened in real time. Can I? Yeah, it takes like it takes a minute. You might need to vamp for a minute. Okay. All right. We're waiting for the response here. Yeah. Uh, so you you were at ninety four percent, ninety seven percent, but you said six percent were sixteen 
of my followers, I have oh, 16 or 13 followers. out of. I only have like 600. That's I'm, embarrassing. I'm not a superstar. Yeah, that's embarrassing. I'm no Dan Clark. All right, yeah. Dan Clark has a 96% audit that's, score. That's worse than me. <laughs> but he's got a lot more followers than you, so I, I actually think it's. I was 97%. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Your 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 number's bigger. Yours is bigger than his. So does that make you happy? I don't know. I like Dave in the chat room just said he's real and he's spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) In what (laughs) All right. All right. Any strawberries this week? No, I got no strawberries. We're going over. We're over time. I got got a 98% on my audit. Oh, good for you. I thought you got one free one. Huh? I thought you only got one free one. I don't know. This lets me keep typing in username. Type my name in section 336. Oh, you know what? I think it is you can pay for, you can find out which ones are the robots so you can block them. Oh, why would you block them? I don't know. They're following you. 35%. Just kidding. You got a 98% as well. Oh, 98%. Man, worse than both you guys. Yeah, you need to step up your game. Yeah. Step up your game. All right. Um, that's all we got. Uh, good for the calls, right? Anything else, boys? What are uh, we going to talk about next week? <laughs> yeah, the Orioles, please do something so we have something to talk about, right? Yeah. Anything. We yeah, talk about the Super Bowl. it's been a uh, yeah Super Bowls this weekend, but again, I don't know. You th- what's the chance the Orioles do anything before we do another podcast next week? Zippy, that, we got two weeks before before uh, spring training. If if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm going to take off work the next day and spend 24 hours watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That sounds like a good plan. Isn't that a good plan? Yeah, I get, if they I, win, yeah. If they lose, I'm just going to go to work and be depressed. <laughs> You got about a 98% chance. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I don't like my odds on that one. I'm not. I don't think anyone's greasing up poles this time. Right. I I think they'll be all right. Yeah. No, no pole greasing. No. Hey, do you think if I called Tom Brady's daughter a little pissant, he would call into our show? Yeah, I think he will. That show he calls into every week. And now he's, he's threatening not to call in anymore. Good for him. They already had a thing. Oh, I didn't even know Tom Brady had a daughter. I just learned it right now. Thanks, guys. Vivian. Yep. Yeah, the more you know. All right, boys and girls, uh, go ahead. You know, we've only had one review in 2018. I really wanted a second review in 2018. So if you could go ahead and join the review party and write us a five-star review, uh, we would appreciate it. How many Twitter followers do you think I have to buy for Dan Clark for him to get made fun of for having, like, 50%? Oh, oh, that's a good strategy. You, oh, you should buy him. Well, you yeah, buy him a bunch. Buy him Twitter followers, so then he gets the Britt McHenry treatment. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Because so, I clearly, if if I typed in my name and it said fifty percent, I'd say, well, I didn't buy him. Someone must have been buy- the other Josh Sirocco's buying him for me. Yeah, to like put me down. Guy in I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, the young guy. Someone wants to buy me followers. I'll take it. You can follow us on Instagram. Do people buy Instagram followers, or is this? Just oh, a I'm sure thing? they do. I'm sure they buy anything for social media now because those numbers mean money. Yeah. The more the more followers you got for anything, the more you can sell it. You're telling me someone's out there is paying for MySpace followers, MySpace friends. Somewhere? Hey, hey, you mentioned Ryan from Birdland Baseball. Yeah, uh, we got to thank him because he gave us a little shout out on Instagram. Like yesterday or the day before? Oh, I did see that. Yeah, it was fan, I think it was Saturday. I think it was after FanFest. He posted telling people to check us out. So we got to thank Ryan over there. And his Instagram page is really cool and always up to date. What's his Instagram page? Uh, Birdland underscore baseball. And he does cool little photoshops. I don't know how the copyrights work with all that, but, <laughs> but they look cool. 
Yeah, and you can follow our show on Instagram at Texas Titties Show. You can follow us on Twitter. You use the same thing. You just type in the Twitter machine Section Thirty Six Show, and you'll find the show. Now, if you leave off show and just do Section Thirty Six, you'll find me, which is probably better than the show. <laughs> but you can follow both of us. Paul, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how can they do that? You can just follow me at Paul Valley. Uh, at Paul Valley Third. Okay, the third, yeah. First, I need to add the third to my channel. Yeah, you do. That's now, cool. That's cool. That adds a little bit of prestige there. Now, you're working on a story for uh, Utah Street? Yeah, I got, a, I got a couple of things coming up. I always do a, um, a positional rankings for the uh, the American League East. I started doing that last year. I'm going to be doing that again this year. Um, I'm going to have my American League East, my American League, my National League preview, and my series previews coming up with my predictions. Uh, okay. You know, and like I said earlier, I want to do a piece I'm kind of spitballing right now on how the Orioles can potentially keep Manny Machado and not have to, you know, sacrifice winning to do it. But yeah. again, you have to see if they make any moves before they begin to start. Yeah. Yeah. Even that the prediction stuff and even like positional rankings, it's tough because aren't not all the positions are filled. Like there's like is JD Martinez? Uh, JD Martinez is he signed with Boston yet? They, any more no. talk about it happening? Um, but it's, how do you make predictions when the teams aren't even complete yet? Yeah, yeah that, that'll come later in spring yeah. training once uh, more people sign. It, well, the, the, hopefully, right? Yeah, like you said, the, the, the slow off season's impacting all the Orioles bloggers. Uh, yeah, yeah. don't forget about the bloggers. Right? Like, yeah. what, am I, right. what am I writing about? Seriously, right like, what do you write about? You have to, So we have to blow up and make huge things like Jonathan Scope not showing up at the Fan Fest becomes a huge story because we get nothing else. Oh, that's what you know what? I know we're going over and we, the, new, the, the news, I meant, I meant to mention this, the music's over. But the, oh, do you want more music? I think Buck Showwatch is kind of a genius for the for the making the announcement about um, Manny Machado going to short yeah, at this we, time. We've got something to talk about because yeah. I I, th- I we were talking about last week what big move will be announced at FanFest. Well, no big move was announced, but at least we're distracted by no move being announced because we can talk about Manny Machado moving to shortstop. Right. So well done, Buck. If I wrote a blog, I would write a blog about. Feel free to take this call. Uh, top 10 Oriole bobbleheads of all time I know it's number one What's that? Uh, Black Brian Roberts uh, But see that's a mistake So that would be more of a, a rare I don't think that's a top that's 10 a, That's like an error call oh, Okay I know what number one now is What? Um, Adam Jones jumping over the wall. Yeah, blowing a bubble at the same time. Yeah, blowing a bubble. Yeah, yeah. that's gotta be number that, one. That gives him up there up top. The only problem with that one is it's very fragile. I've had mine break three different times and had to glue it back together. Yeah, mine is the same way. I mine recently, breaks. I didn't want to talk and about this over air, but I recently lost Sammy Sosa's arms. Did my Sammy Sosa bobblehead? Yeah, <laughs> he lost his arms. Uh, that's fine because if you check out Sammy Sosa now, he's lost a lot more than his arms. He's, he's unrecognizable. Yeah, I've tried to make mine. I've been scrubbing him, um, and I've been trying to make my my Sammy Sosa look like the real. Right. Sosa. I've got two uh, bobbleheads that I would put ahead of the Adam Jones jump Ooh, on the wall. I see what you did there. What? <laughs> yeah, I see what you did yeah, there. All right, come on. Ahead uh, would be the Buck Showalter leaning on the rail. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. And the uh, Cal Ripken Jr. twenty one thirty one in front of the wall. See, I have the nineteen eighty. So. Oh yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Long, yeah. I have the Cal Ripken Jr. nineteen eighty three World Series where he's. Oh, that's a, yes, that's a very good one. Okay, also. Bert. Now I, I'm kind of excited for your post. I really want you to do this now. <laughs> hey, let's prepare for next week if there's literally nothing else to talk yeah, about. I, yeah, right. And after that, you can write your post about how Dan Duquette looks like Darth Vader with his mask on. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I feel like we need to start getting into back into blogging on 336 just so Matt and I would write serious posts, and then every week Bert would have a Darth Vader, <laughs> the Dan Duquette <laughs> post, or a Bobblehead post. 
I think that would. I think people would like that. Right. And and I like the side by side photos of Dan Duquette and Darth Vader. Well, get me more than six hundred followers that aren't robots, and I'll make consider it. Yeah, yeah. I want the side by side Darth Vader with uh, Dan Duquette, and then Bert was talking about side by side doing some kind of brave mascot side by side with something. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well. Oh, he was also talking about Chief Wahoo side by side with. <laughs> with what, Josh? I'm just saying. This is like this is very similar to me at the press conference, and then all you hear is, "Yeah, now, now you turn it off." <laughs> very similar to that moment. All right, all thanks right, for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. By the way, during the kids' press conferencing, one kid got up there and asked Buck Walter. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.